0: Jnana timirandasya Jnana sri bujo Vande Jagat Priyakaro Karunna Bhuttaro Vande Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nittananda Sodito Gododaye Pushpavanto Chitra Sangdo He Krishna Karunasindo Dina Bandhu Jagatpate Gopi Shagopi Ka Kanta Taptakanchanagurangi Raje Vrindavanishwari Vrashabhanu Sudhe Devi Panamami priye Shri Guri Vaisnabh Guri Paramparaki Jai Shri Valdepurim Mahamutvati Tiki Jai Gaur Bhakta Vrindaki Jai Gaur Premanande Ariyud So, morning everyone.
1: Welcome. It's very nice to see you. So, can you hear me in the kitchen also? Are these speakers on too? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I guess they can hear me too. <laughs> okay. So, we gather gathered to discuss the um, importance of Sri Ram and um, celebrate his appearance in the world. And we will have... Uh, this discussion and then followed by a the discussion, there'll be Ma Mahaprasadam, and then there'll be uh, some program this evening too. We started actually this morning, our discussions, as we usually do with reading, after the uh, program we read from Bhagavatam, chapter 34, the 10th canto, where it's described that Krishna and Balaram danced with the gopis, and the dance was interfered by one fellow, Shankar who uh, tried to kidnap the gopis. And uh, we read how Krishna dealt with him effectively and how Ram took part in that as well. So that may come up again in the course of this discussion. But from there, um, it leads us to want to talk a little bit about Balaram and uh, and the gopis which seems a little bit different and it is an interesting uh, topic and for the reason that Balaram is different from Krishna. He's one with Krishna but he's different from Krishna. Once Prabhupada was was asked by one of his disciples that Prabhupada you have said that the only difference between Krishna and Balaram is is their color. Krishna is Sham, like the rain cloud. And Balaram is white, like the cloud without without rain. And he said, that's right. And so then the devotee said, his disciple said, but Uh, another devotee has said that there's another difference. So there was actually a discussion that had been taking place between two devotees. And the third devotee was explaining the discussion to Prabhupada and seeking some resolution on the matter, a deep philosophical matter, which in fact it is, but this was early on in the mission and uh, devotees didn't know that much and Prabhupada wasn't, wasn't telling them everything, I guess, either. But at any rate and everything can't be told all at once, so understandably. But at any rate, it was presented the problem that so-and-so has said, that you have said, there's only one difference. But she replied that there's another difference as well, and the difference is that only Krishna dances with Radha and has romantic life with Radha. And so to the first person who had said there's no difference except the color and Except their color, Prabhupada said, "Yes, that's right." Then he said, "But so and so has said there's another difference." He said, "That's right." And then the devotee said, "But Prabhupada, then that's a contradiction." And Prabhupada said, "That's right." <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and then, um, then the devotee was pressed that how can there be, you know, contradictions even though life is full of them. And the fact that things don't all fit that well between one's ears is is rather good news rather than a problem. But, uh, so anyway, when he pressed on and asked Prabhupada, but but that's a contradiction, so which one is right? And Prabhupada said, you decide, was his reply. So I think at the time, as I say, he was making a, a point that maybe went over the, over the head of his disciple, that, as I say, don't try to fit everything between your, between your ears and your head. Trying to do so is, is the problem, in the sense, maya, as I said, before means to measure. So we are preoccupied with trying to measure and to bring things within the fist, of, as Pujapachita would like to say, of our intellect, uh, as if life, as if the world, as if reality is an object for us to inspect and and know everything about. When in fact it's immeasurable and uh, again, that's good news, that's not bad news. Because our head is very small and what can fit in there is not even comfortable for us, as I said before. And nonetheless we insist that others should fit in there and that they should feel comfortable. So. I think it was a good answer. Nonetheless, there is there are other answers, and there are answers that are, there's an answer that resolves the contradiction to an extent as well. And of course, Prabhupada hadn't, hadn't written about it probably at the time, or he might have. Uh, it comes in Chaitanya Charitamrita. He had written uh, probably teachings of Lord Chaitanya by then. But at any rate, the idea is this: what is that? There's a difference in color between Krishna and Balaram and the implication of the difference in color carries with it the idea that there is a different corresponding emotion, emotional content, so color has emotion. It elicits emotion from us when we see it and uh, so in Indian aesthetics it's considered in this way color has emotion. And so when they write poems one the great author Vyas wrote the Bhagwat for example and other types of Ras Shastra written by great devotees, secular or or from the devotee sector, then different colors are employed, bring out different emotions, and so on and so forth. So, at any rate, the point is what that Balaram has uh, is of a different color and of a different disposition from Krishna. And the account of his difference of disposition, it's a fact that he will not engage in romantic life with Radharani. So there's a difference, difference in mentality. Therefore the question is then how could he possibly be dancing with the same gopis in the instances in which his dancing with gopis is described, both in the 34th chapter of Bhagavatam that we read from this morning as well as in maybe the 64th or 65th chapter of the 10th canto, both these chapters in the 10th canto where Balaram returns to visit the inhabitants of Vrindavan and, and has rasa with gopis. So we have to come to that, but the basic point here is that there's a difference. And so, maybe Balaram needs his own gopis to make up for this. If He's going to be dancing with anybody. This is one solution, but it's not the only solution. But suffice to say, at this point, it's important to note that Balaram has a different emotional makeup, a different disposition. After all, he's a Kshatriya. Krishna is is truly the son of Nanda Maharaj, although that's an insider's view from the Gaudiya perspective. And the Gaudiyas do give the inside view of the Bhagavatam. It's their book. Uh, No one embraces the Bhagavatam like like the Gaudiyas, and so it should be expected that they'll have insights that others uh, will not be afforded. By their superficial interest in and, and study of the Bhagavatam, mahaprabhu basically embraced the Bhagavatam as if it were his own heart. So, therein, with regard to Krishna's parenthood and so forth, we find the definitive evidence brought out by the uh, Goswamis that Krishna is actually the son of Nanda Maharaj and that son of Devaki and Vasudeva. Vasudeva is the father of Balaram. He's the Chetria. And Nanda Maharaj is a, is a Gopa, a Vaishya. So that, that son of Devaki, Devakinandan Krishna, is different than Yashoda Nandan Krishna. In fact, that Devakinandan Krishna is an expansion of Baldev. Baldev is the first expansion of the Lord with regard to those expansions that have a different psychological, emotive makeup. Slightly different. Even they may have the same color, still slightly different. So there are expansions, you could say, that are before Balaram. although all of these have no origins. It's just, you know, we need to try to fit everything between our heads, so it's talked about. How else can we talk about it <laughs> for those who live in this particular, uh, with this particular frame of reference, where everything has a beginning? So, um, Krishna expands to dance with the different gopis at the same, all at the same time. Of course, I guess it's later, because <laughs> he's a little older then. Balaram comes first, even before he appears. So, in that sense, he's the first expansion. But the point is that there swayam svayam-prakash and there vaibhav vaibhava-prakash. So, when Krishna expands as swayam prakash then it's the same complexion and, and basically the same disposition. Balaram is of a different complexion and of a different disposition, Vaibhav prakash, and that vib from that vibhav prakash Baldev then comes the Mul sankarshan and Vasudev. Mul sankarshan means that Balaram sankarshan. Sankarshan means to draw together. So he connects the two families. Actually, this is his one of his uh, services. So, and of course he, he, he makes us he connects us. With Krishna in a big way, but um, from him, from original Balaram and Vrindavan it comes Devaki, Nandan, Krishna, and the Balaram of that means the Krishna of Mathura, and the Krishna of Dwarka, and and the Balaram of Mathura, Mul Sankarsham Balaram of, of Dwarka, and then so many other expansions, the second Chaturviha and Narayan, and the Vishnu's Karna Dakshay, Garbhakshay Vishnu, and Ananta Sej, and and so on. So he's the source then of all of these different expansions. Not a small fellow. And this, of course, has been underscored by Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami, his Chaitanya Charitamrita, when he seeks to speak about Nityananda Prabhu. Of course, he identifies him with Balaram, and then lets us know this is not an ordinary person because from his activities, Nityananda Prabhu's and Baladeva's as well, one might. question, So he wants to underscore who this is, the big people, Mahalishnu, from whom the world is coming. It's just a kala, just a a partial manifestation of himself. So that chatriya, anyway, you can understand it like this, that chatriya mentality of Baladev. He is actually the son of Vasudev. Of course, his mother is Rohini, and uh, she's living in Vrindavan when he's born and so forth, and he's raised by the family. He's raised like a cowherd, but he has the Chatriya lineage. Krishna is actually the son of Nand Maharaj, the original Krishna. And that Devakinanda Krishna then is the expansion of Baladev. So he has a bit of a, more of a Chatriya mentality also, doesn't he? Therefore protecting the Dharma and all this, uh, that, uh, the kind of righteous dealing there, the, the speaking of the uh, uh, Bhagavad Gita and all, So this is all more the Kshatriya mentality and adhering to righteousness and heroic activities, uh, upholding the Dharma and so forth. We find this much more manifest in Krishna in in Mathura and Dwarka and at uh, Kurukshetra. But in Vrindavan, then he's very mischievous, Krishna. Stealing is his from his youth and he's very underhanded and Crafty, mischievous, naughty, and so forth. We don't find descriptions of Balaram like this that he's naughty and mischievous and deviant and, and so on. No. He's a good boy. <laughs> and he's the older brother, Daoji. So he has a mentality, a disposition in relation to his younger brother. And he's taught from his very uh, youth then instructed for that matter by Dishodamai, take care of him, take care of Krishna. He's your younger brother. You're the big guy. You're the big boy. Only their, only their age is only just a short distance apart. <laughs> Nonetheless, the elder brother in, uh, in ancient Indian uh, society and culture is like a guru for the younger siblings. So he has this disposition. And interestingly enough, and very much worth pointing out, his guru bhav, if you will, his vatsalya bhakti in relation to Krishna. Krishna is the savior Bhagavan, and Balaram is sevak Bhagavan. Krishna is the Bhagavan to be served, and Balaram is the one who personifies the, the disposition of serving. And, and the point, interesting point is, of course, what? That the guru is not the enjoyer. And people think like this can I become a guru too? Hmm? <laughs> Like, you're having all the fun, you're giving all the orders, you're sitting on the raised seat, and so forth. But, um, no, uh, in Vaishnavism, then, that uh, who is qualified to become the guru is who's very well schooled in serving. And he or she has learned how to serve and imbibe that serving spirit and embodies that service ego Serving ego. Sevan jivado. hi jivado. So as, uh, by this serving ego, then everything, then reality, if, if we approach it with that, it will speak to us in ways that it won't otherwise. It may speak, but won't, as we say, share all of its secrets. So he's the guru, but he's in a serving disposition the Guru may sometimes ostensibly act as if he or she is, the, is not the servant, but the disciples know they're being served in a way that, that they, cannot, it's, they cannot possibly repay. And so they're busy, busy, busy. Why are they busy, busy, busy? They're busy trying to repay the service that has been given to them, that has been rendered to them by Sri Krishna, if you will, in the form of Guru Tattva, manifesting in a particular Vaishnava, ministering to them, in a way that is uh, uh, so effective to draw out their bhakti so it's it's about uh, serving and we can draw this very nicely from the example of balram he's the guru of krishna but how does it manifest take care of him mother Yusuf. you have to protect him when he goes out and don't let him go to that kaliya lake as the rumors were coming there's a big snake and he's polluted the lake in the Jamuna, and don't go near there. Birds fly over and they will die just from the fumes and so forth. Don't let him go there. So she's always pushing Balaram. He's schooled like this. He's trained like this to take care of Krishna. He's Daoji, the older brother. So he has a Seva Kabava, Seva He has the spirit of, of serving. And although he does some things that are perhaps seen as could be thought of as unbecoming. He likes to drink. He's prone to intoxication. <laughs> the devotees resolve this in that they, they, they see how he uses the intoxication. He uses it only for strength to protect Krishna. And anything that he does that seems to come from below, like Nityananda Prabhu, Abhadhut, conducting himself in ways that are questionable in the society, is all to shed light on the dignity of Mahaprabhu, actually, and similarly with uh, with Baladev. So he's very much um, he's the Mariada Purush in Krishna's life. He's the person that watches out for Krishna, protects Krishna, and sees that Krishna is following the Dharma. Like an older brother looking over him and making sure, the good boy who's in the family who's making sure he he does things right. This is his his disposition. So his color is different. His disposition is different, therefore. And therefore, yes, he will not be dancing with Radhika and gopis. Nonetheless, we find mention of this, some affiliation with gopis in the Bhagwat. It first comes in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto where the Paganda Lila is played out in, in a kind of a one chapter. And from there to the to the uh, Kishore Lila, just at the end, the Kishore Lila starts to begin. Krishna become a cow herder. He and Baldev are given the freedom now to herd full full-time cows. They've been initiated as cowherders, and um, as, the, it, as the chapter begins with Krishna and in the forest, and and it's a beautiful spring, and Krishna is describing the spring, and spring is very important to Daugis, Lila. This is a big thing for him. Of course, this is when he has his dance with the gopis also. It's holy. The holy festival is very um, prominent for uh, the uh, devotees of, of Balaram, for example, at the, the famous Daoji in, in Gokul there. This is the huge, biggest festival of the year. So um there there's a, there's a black deity of Balaram. And uh, the holy goes on for, I don't know, a week or so huge festivities. So, of course springtime is very important for Krishna also and for love and what not. But, here we find that during the springtime, the description of spring, Krishna begins to glorify Balaram, his elder brother. There we find in that chapter that Balaram lies down in the lap of a cowherd as his pillow. We were being told there in Bhagavatam, if you want to enter into this lila, into this uh, sentiment, of sakya, bhava. Then attach yourself to an, a friend of Krishna, and Balaram. And in the due course, at some point in the lila, you may be asked to come forward. Give your lap. to to lie his head on. Some service like that is available to us in friendly disposition. So he locks his head, and Krishna takes his place then at the feet of Balaram, massaging his feet. So this is more, of course, the kind of the classic guru-disciple uh, depiction of the guru disciple disciples massaging the feet looks like like an enjoyer as i say but of course he's trying to pay back the service that he's already been rendered the disciple has been rendered which is inestimable and fathomless oceanic uh, and not possible to repay not possible to repay therefore the relationship is eternal service is eternal but there, at any rate, Krishna's massaging his feet and he begins to, and he's glorifying Balaram, making so many nice statements about him. And amongst them, at one point he says, oh, and the gopis. And he says, the, you, you, the forest treats you like this, like this, like this, like this. And you respond in so many ways. But most fortunate of all the inhabitants of the forest, this is amidst his friends and then amidst the forest. The forest has a kind of above for Krishna also. A kind of a bhav where they don't they're not aware of time and uh, the extent to which Krishna might be absent, and so the cowards are aware, and gopis are more aware of that, therefore the cowards are satisfied if Krishna appears in spurti, in a particular manifestation, but the gopis aren't satisfied even even with that, their sense of separation exceeds even that in of Sakya bhava, so at any rate he says, in the trees get your darshan like this and they're fortunate and and uh, this one and that one and so forth. The most fortunate of all, of course, are the gopis who got your, get your embrace and so forth. Of course, but at this time he, there's no leela where he's embraced the gopis. So Krishna says it in a kind of a joking spirit and in doing so he predicts the future. That some gopis anyway will get your embrace and they'll be the most fortunate of all. So this is the first time it's spoken about. And I was asked a question about this recently, I haven't answered it yet. I guess I'm answering it now. And the question went something like this: That we find in the Bhagavatam that when Balaram comes to Vrindavan, this is now we've talked about gopis in the fifteenth chapter, gopis in the thirty-fourth chapter, and now we're going to the sixty-fifth chapter. When Balaram leaves enthusiastically, in the language of the Bhagavatam, how can he leave enthusiastically? You may wonder Krishna in Dwarka to go back to Vrindavan. That's just the language. Is he enthusiastic to go back to Vrindavan? We wonder, well, how can he be enthusiastic to leave Krishna's company? Of course, what's he he's taking Krishna's message to the gopis, confidential message to share with them. So he's enthusiastic for the service. Therefore, I've said sometimes, people ask, have you seen Krishna? I say, well, I wasn't trying. Because that's not our Siddhanta. It's not to see Krishna, but it's to serve Krishna. So just to give the right orientation, position yourself as a servant. Don't worry about seeing him. Serve him and there's nowhere he will not be. They ask, have you seen Krishna? As if, is he, does, he, does he actually exist? Or do you know that he does? So this, anyway, <laughs> we were teaching how to, how to see Krishna it's, and it's serving this position. This has to be imbibed. This has to be cultivated. So, with this disposition, he's leaving Krishna. He's more present there in that service, carrying the message to the Gobis. Can you imagine? Krishna gives you a message to send to the Gobis. He "Well, I'd rather stay here with you." <laughs> <laughs> no, hmm? because what might happen on the other end? You might get a message from that side. Gopakumar, in his form as sarup, as he's described in Bhagavad says sometimes he gets messages from Krishna an order for direct service to Krishna. And sometimes, even better, he gets a direct order from Radha for service. This is even more relishable. So what might be on the other end of that message carrying? So anyway, the devotee asks that he comes there and then the Bhagavata describes that he's talking with the gopis and after he consoles Nanda and Yashoda and, and others, and he's speaking with the gopis and consoling them and then he commences to the dance, so it's clear from the context, she said that he's dancing with Krishna's gopis. That's who he's bringing the message to, and nonetheless, the acharyas say that he's got his own gopis. So I don't. She asked me, "Do you believe in the what the acharyas say, or do you think that he's dancing with Krishna's gopis, which makes the most sense from the context?" And then went on, she went on to say something that makes sense also from, why not? I mean, he's God also, and why shouldn't he also experience this? Or, or, or something. She gave some reasoning along these lines. Some type of kind of um, material reasoning. It's kind of not a fault, but it's our natural tendency maybe to, to think like that. We should be careful when we dive into these, these matters. Especially we should have an abiding kind of faith in the uh, charges, their commentaries, and so forth, and when we hear things that don't match up and make sense to us, we should think it doesn't make sense to me. But there must—they must have something. Be- there must be something behind them. There must be something I don't know, perhaps that I haven't thought out. Rather, we should not be too quick to just dispense with them in the name of critical thinking. And they were the past, and we are the present. They are the past. They are the present. They are the future and to enter into a serving position we'll be able to through their good guidance and inspiration and so forth and we'll be able to find out things that we couldn't think about with our head. This Rasavichar is a deep deep subject matter. They've written the books and their commentaries in different ways for different people at different times that people won't think in the wrong way but are not yet ready to hear it in the complete way. And so first and foremost I would like to say as an answer to such a question, we should be careful here. We're treading on in, uh, in sacred territory and we're not that sacred. We may be reasonable and we should bring reason to bear in our discussions of all these topics. That's invited. Bhagavatam invites us to to use our reasoning, to apply it well to its text and so forth. But we'll only be able to do that well to the extent we have an abiding faith in in the acharyas, in Guru Paramparai, and that's going to come from some experience. I'm getting something here, so I don't understand it all, but I know I'm getting something. And even I see something that doesn't make sense, or I read something that doesn't make sense, I will not, not be quick to to jump in there and and sort it out, you know, in such a way that that makes less, for example, of the uh, the uh, charges and so on. So, uh, you know, I'm very prone to reasoning about all these things, deconstructing them and making sense out of them for everybody in such a way that their intelligence won't be an impediment for for going forward or that or that their lack of thinking uh, deeply won't be an impediment to their going forward. But I, I'm i able to do that to the extent that I am because I have deep experience and therefore I know I'm, I'm getting something here. And this is the person, this is the lineage whom I'm getting it from. So. I always see them in that light. So, how to answer the question then. So, Balaram came and he and he danced with the gopis. Because if we study the language of the Bhagavatam, we find that there is a break there. Balaram is speaking with the gopis and he is delivering them a message from Krishna. So obviously this is these are the gopis who are suffering from separation from Krishna, who had already consummated their relationship with him. In Sarat Purnim, Rasa, Leela, and now he's, he's gone and so forth. There were some gopis, of course, we know from Bhagavatam, that couldn't come. Either they were checked by their husbands, and Vishwanath talks. says some were too young to come. So now they're older. Quite a bit of time has passed, and Balaram is returning. So he says, one explanation, that he danced with them. And if we study the language of Bhagavatam, as I say, there's a break at this point. He's talking with gopis, delivering the message and so forth. And There's a couple of important words there. Mm-hmm. And if we study the context carefully, we see oh, the context is not exactly as this questioner thought. Again, for one thing, there's a break. He's talked to the gopis and then from the language of the bhagdham, we can understand there's a little bit of a, a break as if to say, okay, finish with those gopis and now all the other gopis. Who are the, then the young ones who didn't come previously that, that Vishwanath speaks about, which is one way to understand it. But also there in the language of the Bhagavatam, to, which makes it, should make it very clear to us that he wasn't dancing with Radha, is, uh, the, uh, uh the language of the Bhagavatam where, it, where it says, Sandarshan Adritaha, Rama, Rama Sandarshan Adrita. Rama looked at them, he gave them darshan, respectfully, and Took, and it also means and took darshan of them with respect. What do we find in, in Ratiyatra? If we follow Balaram to Gor Lila, at one point it's described by the venerable Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami that in the midst of Mahabhu's ecstatic kirtan in in front of the cart of Jagannath, where he's entering into the in the midst of that that Ratiyatra, Mahabhu is entering deeply into the Brajarasa. Hmm? And Jagannath is, is dancing, following the dancing of Mahaprabhu. I mentioned in the recent Sangha about Baladev that that, he has, that Krishna has different gurus, right? He has his initiating guru, Sandhipani Muni, a Shaivite, because no Vaishnava would become his guru formally. And we, we have uh, Baladev as his family guru who exercises his strengths. It's a strength of Dharma, therefore he's, like I say, the Mariyata Purusha. Therefore, again, and when you go outside of the brudge, all the expansions, they're more and more tied to dharma. and You come to Ramlila and Ayodhya, the personification of Mariada and so forth. That Mariada was exhibited in a prominent way when, in Hastinapur, when, or wherever it was, Hastinapur, where Bhima fought with Jarasandha. And Krishna told him, hit him below the belt, hit him on the legs. And so, Balaram was disgusted by it. What kind of behavior is this? This is against the Kshatriya code. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> right? Krishna knew something about Jarasand. I forget what it was, but uh, this is how he'll be defeated. Hmm? Oh yeah, Jarasand. He was, yeah, yeah. He's reminding me. But anyway, so uh, Balaram was disgusted by this and uh, these kind of discrepancies in the Dharma. He can't, he's not, uh, can't tolerate that. Of course, he more than tolerated Krishna's going with gopis. He didn't object at all. In fact, he seeks to facilitate that as best he can, whether it be directly or indirectly. Here, directly, he's coming, bringing a message to them, explaining Krishna's heart to them. As I mentioned in the Sangha, we're taught that if if Radha and Krishna are on the altar, we cannot place Balaram there. He leaves to facilitate because in his presence, Radharani will become inhibited. She'll have to show respect and so forth. Vishwanachakwati Thakur describes that if Baladeva is walking on a Govardhan hill and he sees a fair complected stone, he'll consider it to be a manifestation of Radharani and go the opposite direction. And if she's walking and she sees a stone, a fair complexion, remembering her Balarani, she'll go the other direction, pay respects and, and go the other direction. But this avoiding, Balaram's avoiding, is, in a sense, is to show respect, to facilitate. In that Ratha where Mahabhu manifests fully the bhava of, of Radha and Jagannath is dancing accordingly, as Chaitanya Charitamrita describes otherwise. Yes, Krishna has many gurus, Sandhipani Muni, Ram, and Radha. So Radha is his guru with regard to dancing, and that the dancing is Krishna being all that he can be. When Brahman is dancing, then it's expressing itself fully. And this is the influence of Shakti, the Shakti in, in Brahman. Otherwise, it's still quiet. Shanti, shanti, shanti. That may be good compared to the noise of of the mind in material existence that's so uh, disturbing to us, never giving us any, any solid, firm, Ground to stand on, moving us from this direction, then this direction, calling us here and there. So, and wherever we go, it's not what it, was, what it was made out to be. And over here, it's not what it's made out to be, and, and so forth. Uh, so to quiet the mind, yes, we'll get some firm ground to stand on then. But shall we just stand there firmly and quietly forever? No. So to go on, this is of course Vaishnavism, and Gaudi Vaishnavism in particular excels in this regard. Rasananda. So, Mahaprabhu is there in fully expressing the mood of Radha and teaching Jagannath how to dance. Krishna Kavira says, as, as I say elsewhere, through his pen, and Krishna is speaking in Chaitanya Charitamrita when he says, "Radikar Prem Unmad, the Prem of Radha, makes me mad. Ami Shishav Guru Nata. I'm her disciple, Shisha, and she is my guru in dancing. And dancing means means like to be yourself. She's making him feel good about himself. <laughs> as ladies do to the men. They make them feel good about themselves. They make them feel whole. So in that Rathyatra, what happens? At a certain point, Khabira says, Nityananda Prabhu saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appearing exactly as Radha. The form, he saw the form of Radha manifest. This is the extent to which Mahaprabhu was, Krishna, as Mahaprabhu was successful in tasting the Bhava of Radha. Balaram could understand, Nityananda would could understand the form of Radha manifest for him. Not everybody could see. And how did Nityananda Puru react? At a distance, he paid his pranam. How can he be dancing with her? Rama Sandajanadritaha. He gave darshan. And he took darshan at the same time. And with what disposition do we take darshan? With the adrita means with, with respectable, uh, with some regard. This is how he related to these gopis. I am bringing the message on behalf of Krishna. And apparently, you are my worshipable objects. If you are worshipable to my bhagwan, then certainly to me as well. You are not my property then to take and enjoy as I, as I see fit. So he gave darshan and they had respect for him as the elder brother of their lover. And he showed respect for them. Then there's a slight break apparent in the language of Bhagavatam and then the, the dance of Ramas is described. And of course it's described very differently. He's in a different disposition. So, there must be different gopis. This is one way to understand. There must be different gopis. Balaram is drinking. Varuni comes, supplies the the wine, the honey wine, intoxicant. And we don't find a Christian like this. This is kind of the lower side, more the rustic side of of Balaram. Hmm? (laughs) Drinking and his his intoxication. And he says he wants to take... uh, Service from the, from the Jamuna. Mm-hmm. Oh, she won't come. She thinks, you're drunk. Why should I come? And, and he reaches out with his plow and then drags her. This has been described by Jayadeva Goswami in his in, introduction to the Gita Govinda where he sings the song glorifying the ten avatars, all of which are, he has the implication, Jaya Gadisha Hari, Jaya Gadisha Hari. They're all manifestations of Keshava, Krishna, Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, He teaches us that in his song. So in his song about Baldev, he depicts him in regard to this Leela. Now in the language of the Bhagavatam, it's not brought out entirely. What's Balaram's mood? Overall, he's the Mariyata Purushas I'm describing. He's not a dear Lalita Nayaka. Conquered by his lovers like Krishna, subjugated by them, and so forth. But some teachers have drawn from Jayadev's writing about Baldev in his stanza, mm-hmm. Halati,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Halati <viti melete>
1: Jamunabam. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kesha Haladharupa Jayadagadisha Hare Bahati Bapusi Vishale Jaladhabam. <laughs> So he has a different complexion. It's described there. So he has, again, he has a different mood. They've drawn from the language something else. What? That they find him in in a mood that's not typical of his. It's not clear from the language of the Bhagavatam that Baldev is drawing the Jamuna to him and wants her waters to wipe from the brow of the gopis the perspiration coming from their dancing with him. But some have drawn from the language of Jaidev in his song that Baldev's feeling was just like this. This is interesting because obviously if he's concerned to just to take the perspiration off the brow of the gopis that he's in very much of a serving disposition. But to facilitate that serving disposition, that's one side of it. To to be in that disposition means what also? It means, in a sense, to be subjugated by the gopis. Mm -hmm. That he's so concerned about them Mm -hmm. that he has to satisfy them to feel satisfied. This is how Krishna feels. Do you understand? So some have drawn like this, that he he goes into the mood of a dear Lalita at this point. He wants to satisfy the gopis and he's prepared to drag the whole jamuna to do so. It's some kind of a qualified if we were to take that that understanding. Dear Lalita, at that time, he drags the jamuna to bathe the gopis and wipe their brow and in this way, the inner meaning is what? Yes, it's described by Krishna in the 15th chapter of the 10th canto. He'll be embraced by his own gopis. The gopis will embrace him. So we think there must be other gopis that he has. Yes, it's described in the, in the 34th chapter that we read this morning, that Christian Balaram were dancing at the same time, so there must be some gopis for Balaram. So yes, we can think like this. And here in this section of the Bhagavatam, there is a break also, and so it can be conceived in this way as well, that other, with other gopis, this is a, one kind of understanding. But a deeper inner understanding is what? Again, that Balaram's overriding disposition is save the Kabagwan. He's a servant of Bhagavan. And this is how the Goswamis have depicted Balaram. There may be some place they, they emphasize his gopis and, and, and they want to they speak of him like that. There may be a place for that. But we have not been given an entrance into the leela of Balaram by our, our Goswamis whom Mahaprabhu empowered to teach and explain the way and open the doors. They have not explained Balaram in any other way than this. That he has a serving attitude towards Krishna. So, we will see Balaram through the eyes of the, what the Goswamis and the Sampradaya have opened. And it's not that another was given anything different, or the Dwadasa Gopals, and, and so on and so forth. No. There's some emphasis in Chaitanya Bhagwat by Vrindavan Thakur of Balaram dancing with gopis in the beginning to make the point only this that he's non different from Krishna, that he's God. This Nityananda Prabhu, who is non-different than Balaram. Therefore, he danced with the gopis and he explains it such as to show that he had no material desire and so on and so forth. But otherwise, this is our main, the side, if you will, of Balaram that we are being acquainted with, where the Goswamis we come in touch with. Not that Balaram, who is a lover, who has got his own gopis and so forth, and maybe we'll go over there and become a gopi of Balaram. And I've heard people say like this, I didn't become a gopi of Balaram. You know, these are just like mundane sentiments in the name of Bhakti, that just become a disturbance. They don't understand that Bhakti comes to us in a particular way and giving us opportunities to enter that Leela in a particular capacity. So you can be the friend of Balaram and Krishna, but we're not interested in becoming a gopi of Balaram. And Balaram's not as interested in those gopis, whoever they are, if he has them, or to whatever extent as he is in those those friends. And then Krishna's cowherding leelas and assisting Krishna in his leela with gopis. So this is what our sampradaya is about. Assisting Krishna in his leela with the gopis. And we see Balaram in light of that. And so in this leela, what happens? The inner understanding, in a sense, is what? Is it Baladev. He starts chanting the name of Krishna. Your chart explained also. He expands himself with every gopi to counsel each and every gopi at the same time. He's brought the message of Krishna. He's manifest. He so much wants to satisfy them and represent Krishna. That kind of a shadow, if you will, manifestation of almost... of. Dhiralita, who is Krishna, dancing with the gopis, manifests. And it's at that time that Dauji, with that white complexion, turned black. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> That's how he turned black. <laughs> He's actually Krishna's manifest. He's drawn. Sankarsana means to draw, to bring it together. So he is drawn, akarsana. He's attracted by his service to the gopis whom he wants to pacify, which Krishna gave him the message to carry to them, to pacify them. He so much wants to do his service, to satisfy them, he, he realized, I can't satisfy them unless Krishna is here himself. The cowards can be satisfied if Krishna manifests to spurti, and kind of an invisible manifestation, but visible to them. And he does this from Dwarka. He repeatedly expresses himself to pacify their separation. But gopis, he can't, by that even, they're not satisfied. Balarams come pretty close to Krishna. <laughs> Different, but close. He can't satisfy, the message isn't satisfied. He has to bring Krishna there himself. So he's so much absorbed in this wanting to satisfy them, to pacify them, satisfy them, which is his mission, given by Krishna. That Krishna actually draws Krishna there. Krishna actually becomes present. And that Krishna is dancing. With the Gopis, and they got the closest semblance of again having the association with Krishna since he left Vrindavan, more so than any other ways in which he tried to pacify them, and uh, through Uddhava or through Sporti, a manifestation of himself, kind of an invisible manifestation, a kind of an internal darshan internal darshan, and so forth. Baladeva brought it as close as possible. Satisfied satisfy the gopis, chanting the name of Krishna, practically taking the mood of a dear Lalita, which is not typical of Balaram, and he took on a dark complexion that has been enshrined in the stone, so to speak. The famous Dauji temple in Gokul. Well, why you go there and then you see anyone the white is black, and so the godis will tell you why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether the people there even know <laughs> this, uh, this extent the godis have drawn this down then what are they drawing out? This is the disposition of Baldev. Therefore, he's a Khandavuru guru, He is the undivided, original form of guru and that manifests in so many places, in so many ways, which is what? A serving disposition. Who's the guru? Who's the best guru? Is the best servant, something like that. And so we want to, don't want to become a guru. We want to become a good disciple and automatically become a teacher because this, this is the subject matter how to serve, so who learns it, who embodies that, who imbibes that It embodies that, naturally becomes a leader in the serving sector. So, in this way we understand Balaram. This is, again, the way in which the Goswamis have pointed to him. They have disclosed the most about him. Don't think, oh, the Goswamis haven't disclosed about Balaram's leader with other gopis. That must be the whole other side of him. It's even bigger. They've only given a part. No, they've given the whole. The real, the main focus, and this is a marginal thing, if it exists at all. Some say this will be the ordinary for the ordinary people. The Gosamas have described it like this. He always got other gopis.
0: Hmm?
1: Seems a contradiction. How can he be dancing with Radha? He's the elder brother, and, and so so have got his own gopis. But internal understanding. Everyone's not not able to understand. Rasatattva so deeply. Those descriptions are not just given to anybody and everybody. So even the Goswami's books, they will give for the general population some explanation. They won't think that Baladeva is, is in some violation. There's some Rasabha, some conflict here. How the elder brother is doing like this. There's a story in the in the Balabhadra Mahatmya of um, the... Um, Maybe the Garga Samhita. Balaram desires to have uh, some intimacy with Radha. And so, she and other gopis strip him of his clothes and beat him. How could you think like that? It doesn't really happen. It's just a story <laughs> to make a point. It never really happened. It's not possible. This is not possible. He cannot do like this. this is not. He, this never enters his mind whatsoever at any time. So he teaches us by his example how to revere that leader, And by some with some reverence for that, there's some scope we might be able to participate in some capacity in due course of time. By the grace of Balaram, by the grace of our Guru and the Vaishnavas and so forth. So the Gosamis have not given us a partial picture and the bigger picture is somewhere else. They might speculate about that and want to I want to be Balaram's devotee and what they say, one of them is gopis. I don't, know, don't think like that. Whether that even possibility even exists. It doesn't exist for us. Whether it exists at all. This is for the general public. So they won't misunderstand. But for the devotee sector. Uh, Goswami's have kindly shown us this. Uh, the inner side of Balarama. And this is what he is. He's a servant of Krishna. In all respects. At all times. In every place. Everywhere. As I said in that recent writing. There's no leela in which Balaram is not present, either visibly or invisibly. He's there in the background, facilitating, making the ground of the Dham, for that matter, for the whole thing to take place, appearing as Krishna's clothes, ornaments, his very body, his Sundi and shakti, and so on and so forth. So, this is something about the disposition of Balade. We should try to think deeply about it, and um, hopefully get some understanding whereby we can also be inspired to cultivate this serving disposition that he so much embodies. Any question? Uh, in that description of Kaviraj description of Balaram, he's black too. I was wondering exactly that was. It seems like there might be some correlation there. Yeah, yeah. So at times, it <laughs> may, may show something like that. If he gets too absorbed in chanting the Krishna Nam, he may turn he may turn black. Krishna says that I am not in Vaikuntha, neither am I in the hearts of the yogis. Wherever my devotees are chanting my name, I'm present there. So if we could have the kind of Krishna Nam Kirtan that Baladev, we know Krishna will, will be will be there. <laughs> He'll be present in that kirtan. Another question? Yes, Agni Holi, you mentioned about springtime. springtime. So that Holi, that uh, Balaram Rasyatra, that takes place in Holi also. yeah. Krishna speaks about Balaram embracing the gopis, being embraced by him in the 15th chapter. That's at springtime. He says it. The killing of Chuda, when Krishna and Balarama both described as dancing with gopis, that's in the springtime. And when Baladev comes back from Dwarka, let us in the springtime. That's Sankachuda. He was told, Kamsa wanted to marry Radha. This was his thing. He said, there's another way to defeat Krishna, I guess he thought. I'll marry Radha before Krishna does. Maybe Kamsa was picking up on it. <laughs> this kid is empowered by her. Every morning she cooks and he eats the cooking and he goes out and has the power to defeat every, every representative I send there. Mother sort of thinks like that. She insists that Radharani has to come here every morning. She convinces her mother, Radharani's uh, mother-in-law, you have to let her go, come here and cook. Because I'm, my husband is the king of Braj, and my son is getting in all these difficulties. And He's the future of the lineage. He's the son of Nanamar, so he's the future king. So in spite of the fact that she's married to somebody else, she has to come and cook for the king's son. King of the cowboys, some kind of king that is. And then he gets this power from this, the strength from this. She had a benediction that her cooking would be like nectar and, and nectar means Amrit. Amrit means immortality. So you're sort of just thinking, if Krishna eats the cooking of Radha, he'll live forever. And that means no one will be able to defeat him. So is a pretty smart fellow. So he understood, Oh, well if I marry Radha, if I kidnap Radha and take her, they'll take the life out of Krishna. Very good thinking. It was <laughs> of course it's not possible. But with that in mind, then he sent that Sankachuda, who had a big jewel on his forehead like the sun. It's like the shaman taka jewel. So, of course it appears again in the Dwarkalila because Radharani takes it back to the sun god and then it comes back to Dwarka. But Okay, hold on, hold on. And so anyway, this uh, so he comes in like this with this this jewel on his forehead looking like a god, like a sun god. And these innocent people of Vrindavan go, oh, a sun god is here, it's Vrindavan. You know? He wants to know where to find Radharani. So Govardhan Mal, the, the husband, so-called husband of Chandavali, directs him. And then he comes on the scene, and Krishna and Balarama are there with gopis, and then he tries to kidnap Radha. It's described more in detail what's described there in Bhagavatam in the Vidagdamadava of, of Sri Rupa Goswami. He tries to take Radharani, and of course Krishna goes and Balaram takes care of the gopis. Again, he's appointed to protect them. And Krishna runs after the Sankachudra and, what did he say? Knocks his block off. <laughs> and, uh, and takes the jewel. Of course, he wanted to give it to Radharani. But amidst all the gopis, then he wants to show preference. Some of them might be disappointed. So he gives it to Balaram. In Vilapkusmanjali, Raghunathas Goswami, who's meditating on this pastime at Radhakund, he goes into ecstasy, into trance, and he experiences it and he comes back out and writes about it. And what does he say? He says, oh, yeah. And Balaram took the jewel and he gave it to Madhu Mongol, And Madhu Mangal, then the Priyanarma, who's directly involved in the romantic affairs of Radha and the Krishna, whereas Baladev is not, due to his, his bhava being what it is, which we've described to some extent, then he gives the stone to Radharani, Rani, satisfies Krishna's desire. So... So that's also in springtime. So, all instances of uh, Balaram with regard to gopis has um, something to do with spring. So, your question, yes. Nitai? Sean said that uh, he had never heard of the
0: and Bhadramahapi. wanted you to say more about
1: that. Well, uh, as I say, it's, it's, I, I believe it's a part of the Garga Samhita. So, there's a section in Garga Samhita where um, Baladev, the worship of Balaram is described the mantras and the procedures and so forth for worshipping Balaram. Balaram, you know, he has a flag with a palm tree on it. It's a symbol of the Nagas. This is another instance of Balaram's being associated with the lower section, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Nityananda associated with the lower section, but all for a purpose, right? Nityananda's association with the lower section is to keep the dignity of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's a sannyasi, can't go to the lower section, so he goes himself. Nityananda was sent back to Bengal and is Dwarka. From Dwarka, Balaram was sent to Vrindavan to deliver the message to the gopis. It's not a lesser service that Balaram was, was given, or Nityananda was given. But Nityananda anyway keeps with the lower section. To some extent he has some affiliation with that, with the Nagas, the snake people. That's the symbol of the snake people, the palm tree on the flag. So he has that flag. And uh, there, anyway, in Garga Samhita, it's described something like this, that these some young gopis who were Nagas in their previous life took birth in Vrindavan. They they approached Gargam, who was meditating, was in trance, meditating on Balaram. When he came out, they asked him how to worship Balaram. So then he gives a whole description there in, in Garga Samhita. You know, it's part of the Balabhadra Mahatmya, how to worship Balaram. There's another instance of mention of some gopis in connection with Baladev, but there. But anyway, it's a different. If, to what extent it does exist, it's a whole different affair. It's not like Radha and Krishna; he has a different disposition, as we say. Anything else? Anything from the uh, cyberspace or whatever space we're in <laughs> here? Right. Yes.
0: Descriptions of Balaram's Rasalila there's some license to see Balaram as an enjoyer, or that would be more perspective. Like why that would be included in some descriptions like in like one of like pure sakya.
1: I don't think I understand your question. You're asking why Balaram is depicted as being an enjoyer? Yeah. that with as an enjoyer? If they were... Well, maybe you're referring to um, what I mentioned about the Chaitanya Bhagwat mm-hmm. where there's a description of Balaram's Rasa Leela and, and das who's a sakha, wants to emphasize that Leela. Mm-hmm. His purpose in emphasizing it is, is to make clear that, that he's Bhagwan, that he's God, that he's not an ordinary person. That's his purpose for mentioning it. That he shouldn't be seen as, that Nityananda Prabhu, who, who he's talking about really, shouldn't be seen as different from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and disregarded and thought of him as an ordinary person. He also has his rasa. If you think Krishna is supreme because he has his rasa lila and is transcendental. Balaram has one too. This is his kind of his disposition. He quotes from these sections of Bhagavatam. So don't think him as an ordinary person. If you think, and, and this is why people think that Krishna is supreme because he has a rasa with Radha, and well, maybe that's the thing. Why they think he isn't supreme too <laughs> in some sectors, but for those who understand that and see him as the supreme person, you know, on account so he wants to say, Balaram, you shouldn't think any less than him. He, he also has a transcendental rasa. This is the idea. Mm-hmm. But yes, friends, those in Asakya, us, they see Balaram and Krishna. This is their ideal. Of course, when they look at Balaram, they see that serving attitude towards Krishna. Also. There are instances where they remain with Him alone. Every day it happens. For, for those in pure Sakyarasa, who are not pre in the midday lila of Krishna, He's with the cowherds, and then at some point, He finds an excuse, like some cows have strayed off. Or some other boy comes and, uh, and, and says, like Madhav Mungal comes, comes and says, Hey, you know, there's a famous astrologer in town. He's over here. And, um, maybe we should go and see him. And so Krishna will say, well, we can't all go. There's too many of us. We can't all go, but we should go. So let's select a few and let's go. And of course, those who are selected are the pre sakas who all have a part to play in the romantic affairs of Radha and Krishna, where other boys who are pure sakas they don't have a part to play directly. So then, either that, some cows have strayed off, and one boy will come and say, The cows are Okay, well, let's see right here with Balaram, I'll we'll go get them. and or, or the astrologers come to town, or this. Every day it'll be a different excuse, a different reason. <laughs> and each one is as charming or more than the other. Mm-hmm. And so, Krishna expertly convinces everybody we can't all go, or I'll be right back, and I don't need all of you for this. and a small task and so forth. And then unlimited Priyanamasakas go with him, and unlimited Sakas stay behind. <laughs> 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 and uh, and they stay with Baladev and they stay for you know it's a few hours. From about in like one to three thirty or something like that. It's a couple of like, two and a half, three hours. And uh, they do different sports and, and so on, all glorifying him directly as the enjoyer in a sense of Sakurasa. And then gradually they come up to Samkunda and they come back and Krishna returns back and, and uh, then Krishna and Balarama, they'll dress them again and decorate them and then return to the, to the village. So there are instances in uh, Sakiras where the devotees are just focusing on, on Balaram as Bhagwan. but of course he's not Bhagwan. he's the elder brother of their other friend. <laughs> and there's no Aishwarya there but he's... He is Bhagwan, and he is accepting their service. He is the supreme enjoyer in that sense. But whatever he gets, then his disposition is to offer it to Krishna. That's his just his nature. Does that help? Anything else? Yes? Um, does the name Daoji refer to uh, older brother in general, or is it... It means older brother. Okay, so it's not yeah. Balaram, Right, it means older brother. Anything else on the internet? Question? So, anything else here?
0: Um,
1: there is a translation of the uh, Garga Samhita. You can probably find it online. It's translated by my god-brother Um Sridhar Maharaj translated the Garga Samhita from Sanskrit into Bengali. I have a copy of that in Bengali. It's an interesting angle of, of vision on all of Krishna Leela, basically. Very nice stories about the Govardhan coming to, to Braj and who the demons were in their past lives who fought with Krishna, why they're there in this life, and so forth. Very interesting. So uh, it's not uh, referred to much at all by the Goswamis, but Bhaktivinoda Thakur refers to it. There may be some obscure reference by the Goswamis, but obviously as Bhaktivinoda Thakur accepted it, so Sridha and, and we do. So you can probably find that, that English translation online. Gargamuni means by Gargamuni, who was the conducted the name-giving ceremony, who's the the priest of the Yadus, and came to the milk shed and secretly uh, presided over the name-giving ceremony, to sangskar for name-giving for Krishna and Balaram, so as not to draw much attention, but but to attend to the necessary ritual that corresponded with their age. Not much attention, because Kamsa was out. Looking for children born along those times and so forth. uh, His henchmen trying to avert his his, uh, the um, the oracle that he would be killed by a young lad. So, anything else? Any other question? All right. So we can we stop here. you can. uh, chant some japan, and arti will be at noon, and then there'll be a feast, and then we'll continue the program later on in the afternoon. Shri Baladev Purnim ki jai, Baladev Purnimaham otsabhati
0: ki jai, od bhaktabrinda ki jai, od premanandev,